of Colorado and the Pod-B-N. Three, two, one, here we go. Pod the end, talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. Today I've got Carrie, Rich, and Lisa Kitchens on from Pet Central Helps Pet Fostering Organization. I'm talking to them about what that group does, um, and I am a foster through them too, so I've got some first-hand experiences. I'm really looking forward to seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Before we do that, just want to thank our sponsor, Bloom's Coffee Bar. Blooms is uh, started by somebody from Portland, Oregon, but he came here to Bloomington and started this coffee place uh, from here. It's the first one. Blooms is named after Bloomington. And so I just think it would be really cool if they took off and became franchised, got all over the place and uh, had our name of our city as their title. So I'd encourage you to do your part. Go stop by Blooms Coffee Bar. They are in the parking lot uh, across the street from times past in and they've got everything to meet your coffee needs with a convenient drive-through check them out at bloomscoffeebar.com all right and with that i will welcome carrie and lisa hi carrie hello how are you and hi lisa hello right um before we started, we were playing around with uh, Zoom backgrounds, and Carrie still got the uh, palm trees up. And I am really wishing that I was there on the beach instead of uh, wrapped up in a blanket in this cold day. <laughs> well, you know, I figured, yeah, I would give you the background of how a lot of people come and help foster because mm-hmm. it relaxes them and it allows them to experience different things. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Great segue there. Um, so <laughs> Carrie, maybe you could start and tell me um, a bit about what you do with Pet Central Helps and what Pet Central Helps is all about. Okay. Um, so I help with the foster coordination. Um, that's something that I just started um, at the beginning of this year. Uh, I've been in helping Pet Central Helps out for several years now. Um, I believe in what they stand for. And um, we've helped out so many animals, um, animals that I know would have been sadly euthanized um, if Pet Central Helps did not step up and help them. Um, We've gotten animals to homes that um, nobody else would take, and we've found perfect matches for them. And um, the animal's happy, and the people are happy. Um, I think it was 2018 when I started with Pet Central Helps, and I know in 2018, um, I got, uh, I had three of my dogs pass away, and I decided that I wanted to do something to help, and that's how I got started. Um, So if anybody out there is interested in fostering, um, we'd love to have you. Um, All you have to do is go to the website, and there's an application to foster online, and you can fill that out, and then we'll get back a hold of you. Um, I'll let Lisa cover kind of um, what Pet Central Helps is and um, kind of the background since um, she's the director and started it up. Um, I can share that I know that in 2018, um, we were able to find um, 700 um, dogs homes and then 2019, it was 652. And then this year, um, this last year, it was 905. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, Just shows um, how we're trying to help 
the dogs and the cats. Yeah. So go ahead. It's a really good team. That's what, that's what makes it work really. Teamwork. So Lisa, you are a, you're the founder, right? So um, probably should have started with you in retrospect. Take, Take me back to the beginning here, how this idea came to be. So, well, if you want the very beginning, I don't know if you want the very, very beginning, but um, so I'm a veterinary technologist and I worked for uh, 15 years at uh, Kruger Animal Hospital here locally. And, um, you know, what I, what I was seeing a lot of was people that really wanted to help animals. They wanted to adopt from a, a shelter or a rescue group. But a lot of them weren't really satisfied with like the service they were getting or they'd try to adopt and it was too difficult. They were getting turned down, even though, you know, I knew these people through through the vet clinic and, you know, they were good owners. But, you know, sometimes some of them didn't have as much money as, you know, the average person, et cetera. And I read a book called Redemption by Nathan Winograd. It's an award-winning book about the beginning of the animal welfare movement and how uh, we've moved forward in this country and kind of what we as just your average citizen can do. And I thought, and I recommend the book to anyone, by the way. And if, you know, I thought, well, maybe I can try this. So I started uh, Wishbone Canine Rescue, and um, I mean, it it just took off because a lot of the things we were trying to do was, you know, better customer service, getting back to people, um, started a food bank. I called U of I, and, and they were just starting their shelter medicine program, so we got in with them. And then um, about four years ago, I left Wishbone. I wanted to try some even more... I don't know, what should I say, progressive ideas. Um, So that's when we got started with Pet Central. Um, We called Youth Build about building maybe some cat condos, and they said they were going to have a space open. Um, So we got going on that. But the last three years, we've been just doing, um, just had foster homes because we've been building the facility. A cat condo. So, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of like a tall, it's an enclosure for cats, kind of a tall, you know, it was just an idea I saw online. And um, anyway, they ended up helping us build our facility, um, kind of a partnership we had. And so Mm -hmm. that was really cool. We're out in Crossroads Center, which is the former outlet mall. And um, some of the more progressive things we believed in, Um, versus a lot of even rescues that are out there now are that when people call you get back to them I know that sounds crazy but you really you really have to when they contact us it's really important to to acknowledge that but the other thing is we're not here to to judge we're not here to you know come and look at your house and and things like that studies have shown that you know home visits versus organizations that do not do home visits outcomes are pretty much the same Mm -hmm. Uh, studies also show that the best way to ensure good outcomes for our animals is to get them in foster home a and b that helps us match them up better of course and then b 
um, follow up after the fact, or if people need help with training or say they fall on hard times, you know, there's food bank and, and, uh, you know, behavioral advice and things like that. So, um, that's kind of where we're at now. We just moved into our new facility about four months ago. And I think the reason we've really grown a lot is people like Carrie that, you know, believe in the same things we do. We move animals through as quickly as possible, get them into a foster home and move them through there. And, you know, I, so it, tell me it, a bit about where the, um, if you could tell me a bit about where the animals come from. I've had 900 just this year. Um, so there's, there are different pounds and shelters. Um, so we will take animals from private owners. However, our first option, our first thing that we try to do is to see if they need help keeping an animal in their home. I mean, sometimes it's just as basic as, you know, they need dog food or they need to know where they can get shots for less, things like that. So most of the animals we take in are from, say, euthanasia lists at um, pounds and shelters, whether they're in Illinois or we take a lot of them from Kentucky, from areas that are very rural and very poor. And they don't have, they just don't have a way to get animals out alive. But the internet has really helped. Now, there's some people that would say, well, you know, you shouldn't bring animals to this state or that state. But the truth is, in our shelters here locally, we see very few puppies. We see, you know, mostly large dogs, a lot of them with behavior problems. And we rescue those too, don't get me wrong. But I would rather somebody that really is set on a puppy gets a puppy from us where they can have, um, you know, some help with that animal rather than buying from a puppy mill. So, mm-hmm. um, so we have Why a variety is- of places, but we want to, we really want to take the animals that really need the help the most. Yeah. So why would a uh, animal get put on a euthanasia list? Why does that happen at a shelter? So I'm imagining they're over capacity. They've got to do some kind of like triage or prioritization. Um, it, it varies from shelter to shelter because some are private, some are public. Um, yeah, some of them just don't have the space or the money or they, they don't have enough people to get their animals seen. A lot of these rural shelters, you know, just have like one person that comes in once a day and basically just feeds and monitors them. And if, if we can at least get you know, a lot of times a, a volunteer in their area will come in and take pictures and send them to us, and then we arrange transport. So, you know, there's a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. um, but okay. you know, nobody wants nobody wants to euthanize animals. But just some shelters have more means than others. Yeah, and so fostering is going to be a big part of why Pet Central doesn't have to. Um, to take that step, right? Because you're not putting your facility is basically just an office that the pets come through. They don't, you don't keep large numbers of pets there. Right. Well, that's the idea. I mean, we will have more in the future as we can increase our capacity and have people to care for them because, you know, when you have people there, you know, you can, volunteers are great, but you do have to have, you know, some amount of staff if you have Mm -hmm. a large amount of animals, but I mean, talk to Carrie. I mean, we have really um, 
I mean, we get the majority of animals out of there within a week after they come in. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and that's another thing that I admire about pet central helps. Um, the animals in a foster home, Lisa mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's a huge impact on them, a totally different environment than being in a facility, in a kennel, them being able to be in a home. Lisa mentioned us being able to evaluate them, seeing how they act. It's completely different having them in that kind of environment and being able to see what they're, what they're, you know, maybe what their quirks are, what they're good at, what they enjoy. Um, If they like kids, if they like cats, you're in a totally different environment than being in a kennel. And that's one of the things that I've always admired about um, Pet Central Helps is them actually um, allowing the animals to be in foster homes because it's so much better for them. Um, Some dogs seem very, very aggressive behind a kennel, but then when they're out, they're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that they're scared to death behind a kennel. Mm-hmm. Those barriers. Mm-hmm. And of course, cats, you know, cats don't, cats do not like change. They don't like a lot of noise. Um, they can actually be more susceptible to certain diseases when they're in a shelter. Um, we've been getting quite a few cats from Taswell County. They've been very cooperative. Um, so it really helps. We bring them in, get them vetted. Um, and then, get them out to foster homes and yeah, you can, their personalities really shine. And it's not just our opinion. I mean, the data, the data shows this, that um, getting animals into foster homes saves many more lives because of the fact that you can, you can tell what the animal is going to be like in a home. Mm -hmm. So Carrie, for somebody who hasn't fostered before, let's say somebody's interested, can you walk them through what that experience is going to be like? Um, So after, like when they fill out the application, Mm -hmm. um, I would be the one that would contact them and I would talk to them. I'd tell them how our process works today. Um, Generally, we're not, you know, pushing an animal on you, telling you you have to take an animal. We're working with the person that's offering to foster. We're helping supply them with whatever they need in order to take the animal. Some people provide their own food. Some people don't. Um, if you need a cage and you need a toy and you need a bag of food, we supply that. If you have all that stuff, then that's fine too. Um, so it's not somebody that has to have everything. It's not somebody that um, has had experience with an animal necessarily before. It's um, a variety of folks that volunteer to help. And um, so I work with them. I talk with them. I see what their needs are. I see what they're looking for. If it's a dog, if it's a cat. And we kind of document all that stuff down. Um, Currently, we have a private Facebook page. So the only people that are on there are our fosters. And we post whatever animals we're getting in. And then you're allowed to choose what animal you would like. So it's not something that, you know, we're saying, hey, you signed up to foster. You have to take this dog. It's your choice of which animal you think would be good in your home. Mm. And you know what? We are really good at placing animals in homes. But there's also times where... That animal's just not a good mix, you know? We didn't know that. Go ahead. No, I was just going to, yeah, I was just, you know, reiterating your point that, you know, yeah, you just have to find that good fit. And sometimes you think they're going to be a good fit, but until they get in that home, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's not yeah. a problem for us to find a different foster. Yeah. And that's, that's the great thing. And that's, I mean, some people are like, I am so, so sorry. And it's like, it's not that big a deal. This is why we do what we do. You know, if it's not a good match, 
let's get it to a different home and find the perfect match because that's going to help us get it adopted and into the right home as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We learn something, every foster, every, you know, we learn something. And even in our adoptions, if somebody needs to bring an animal back, of course we try to give them the tools to keep the animal in their home. But if they have to return it, we don't look at it as, as a failure. We just learned some more about that animal that can find that help us find the absolute right home. Yeah, so you um so there's fosters out there on the Facebook group. People can say if they're interested and then arrange a time, go get it from um usually from the office, right? But I guess maybe somewhere else if it's yeah. more convenient. Um, yeah, a lot of times right now we try to do intakes on Thursdays. And so we post them out there and then we call everybody and let them know when their animal's ready and then they can come pick it up. And then um, the the animal will live in people's homes as fosters. And then um, you said typical turnaround times about a week then. Is that what you're averaging? Um, it's according to what the animal is really. I mean, we have to keep it for so long, um, especially puppies just to make sure that they're not, um, they don't have anything when they come in. So yeah, it's kind Mm -hmm. of according to what, what the animal is. You have to make sure everyone's neutered too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. I meant by a week was an animal spends less than a week at the shelter. Most of them go right into a foster home, Mm -hmm. but when you, when you're gathering data, it's, it's less than a week. Yeah. You um, don't post them for adoption okay. until they're neutered and um, over any kind of major health situations. Right. Right. So the okay. average time for adoption is two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so Pet yeah. Central Helps does bring them in. Um, we, we also um, get them vetted and everything like that. So I've been asked that question um, with a few fosters. They're like, so do I take it to my vet? And I'm like, um, no, um, all that stuff is done through Pet Central Help. So if somebody was thinking about fostering and think that they have to pay for the medical and stuff, that's not what happens. Pet Central Helps covers all that. Yeah, that's really important to know. There's not a, a financial commitment going along with this. And then if you're yeah. if you're in over Fo- your head in some way. Is, yep. Yeah, fostering is really a, just about opening up your home and allowing the pet a place, a warm place, a loving place to stay. And you're okay if people time box it too, right? Like if they said, I can do a dog for two weeks, but then um, maybe like I'm going on a trip in two weeks. So if it's not adopted by them, we'll need to find another place. Like you're, you don't have to be on the hook for like months with a certain pet or something like that. Or um, if you get it yeah, in correct. and it's just it's very really rare. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very rare that we would have a dog for a month. I mean, there are dogs that come in and, you know, I mean, of course, mommies, we have to keep them. The puppies have to be eight weeks old before they can get, you know, fixed and adopted. But like, it's very rare that we really have a dog for over a month before it's adopted. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just like if the dog's in your house and it's not a good fit, if you have vacation planned, we move them all the time. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. People it's shouldn't really feel fun. bad. Um yeah. Yes. It's it's really, like I said, it's really about them opening up their home. That's what we're asking. If they, if they want to provide stuff for the animal, that's awesome. But if we can give them things too, we just really need those homes to be able to be opened up to provide love and care for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would like to add that I think that that's important what you're saying in that we can foster different 
people in the community can foster. Okay. You don't have to have a lot of money to foster. We use a lot of students. Um, we use, you know, single moms. I mean, as long as you're willing to do the basics to take care of that animal, we don't care what socioeconomic group you fall into. Like she said, it's all about the love and care for the animal. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and you don't need a ton of room either. That's something else that I remember before I did it that I kind of thought like, oh, do I need to have like a a pen set aside like in my house, like a place to lock them in? And um, it would just be like with any other pet that you have. Some people want to confine their pets to certain spaces. Other people let them have the run in the house. And you can decide that with the space that you have. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, of course, there's extremes. You don't want to just leave the dogs outside all the time. You don't want to lock the pet, cats in a closet, right? I'm not talking about that. But um, I remember thinking it through where I'm like, well, do they need to stay in the basement so they're, like, safe and isolated? But, I, you know, you can you can make that choice with the space that you have. Yes. Depends on the animal. Yeah. And depends on your situation. So that's kind of what Carrie does is she takes a look at all those factors and, and places them based on that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Lisa, can we, um, I'm curious about the type of veterinary care that you provide and kind of like some of the situations that you've seen. I'm sure some of them are a bit sad, but, um, can you, can you tell a little bit about maybe some stories that come to mind of, uh, animals that came in with, with, um, different medical issues and you were able to get them healed up and on the right track and adopted? Wow. So that's, that's, um, it's kind of easy, but it's kind of hard because, you know, a, gosh, a majority of the animals we get in, I mean, there's something like, um, over 70% of animals that are in, that go into shelters have never been vaccinated. Mm. So one of the things that we deal with a lot, unfortunately, is parvovirus, which hits younger dogs. It can hit older dogs too, but especially hard on younger dogs, it can kill them pretty quickly. And the only thing that we can do is supportive care. There's not like a cure. So um, we've treated hundreds of parvo dogs. I actually um, got a grant from Maddie's fund to go to the Pennsylvania SPCA to train for outpatient parvo care. So um, that helps us a lot in that we can do a lot of that care um, in home. Um, So there's, you know, we've treated a lot of parvo dogs. Um, another thing is that many of the animals have a lot of parasites. And Carrie can tell you that, you know, internal and external parasites. Almost everybody has fleas. Um, a lot of worms. And I don't want to scare people by that because we treat them. I mean, you know, if you have an animal and your animal is up to date on shots and is on monthly prevention, um, there's, you know, it's a low risk thing for you to have that animal in your, house, in your house. But anyway, specific. So recently, Carrie, remember the litter that Aaron had? Yeah, and, those ones um, were a little messed up. The poor little things didn't have much fur. Mm-hmm. At all. And skinny. And um, we got them in with another litter that at the same time that had been in the same van, we brought them in and one of them had, yeah immediate, I mean, not to be graphic, but 
you know, liquid bloody diarrhea. And so we knew it was probably parvo. So we had to whisk them out to the foster home, just got them out of there. Um, and that one, boy, she had those pups for, I think, oh, over a month because they had sarcoptic and demodectic mange. One is contagious, one is not. They had to be treated for that. They had terrible internal parasites, hookworms. Um, they also, while they were growing, they had problems with their front legs. So some of them had bowed legs. So we had to do x-rays on all of those as they started to grow. Um, extremely underweight, but um, I wish I could show you the before and after pictures on here. Because yeah. <laughs> if there's a um... cauliflower on its face, I mean, it was just covered with, you know, bumps and stuff. And now it's, it's a beautiful, happy puppy that's in a home. Yeah. I think right now, isn't, isn't the pictures of them on the pet central helps. Isn't it like the, the backdrop of that? A picture it's of on those the guys? page right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be visible to folks if you if you go to the Facebook page, even if you're not in the foster group, but if you just go and see it, you might be able to see how dramatic the change was and the improvement of those. And it's just so heartwarming to see how much that love and care and a little bit of medical treatment can do to to improve an animal's life. You know, it's it's that's one of the things that makes me proud to be a foster myself is to see those turnaround stories. Um, well, another one ones. that I thought recently that was really cool was, um, um, oh gosh, what was her name? Carrie, help me out. That Labrador retriever that was like 13 years old that we got. Oh, Miss Daisy? Daisy, yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that poor thing, 13 years old or something like that in a, you know, in a pound and guess the owner had passed away or something and we took her in and her eyes were sunken in and when they got her she was dragging her rear end she couldn't walk I mean terrible situation but getting her some good nutrition getting her on supplements and pain medicine for her hips and um oh gosh what else did she have wrong with her just like everything her ears were horribly infected i think she, did she end up having lyme disease too she did yes a lot of them because we test when we test for heartworm we test for lyme ehrlichia and anaplasma and so all it takes is one tick bite but that's so we supply 30 days of doxycycline to take care of that um, but now she's in a home. And I mean, she looks like a different dog. You would not think that an old dog like that could turn around so much, but they can. Mm -hmm. And a dog like that's not going to do well in a, in a kennel situation either. So the foster home, um, you know, it was really nice to have a dog in a foster. Older dogs could be great. great. There was one I saw people talking about in the Facebook group. I don't know if it was this dog or a different one, but just had a real, like was very scared of people. And the foster was able to just gradually like start with just touching her paw and then kind of working towards being able to touch her head and just socializing the dog back from whatever trauma it had experienced that had made it so frightened. Um, and seeing... several. <laughs> yeah, several that I've had. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. May um, is, you know, if you want the whole story. Yeah, May is the 
Yeah. May would be a really good one. Yeah. So, um, at least if you want to start off about how we got her, I'll say some things about her after that. She came from, so I'm a member of a private Facebook group. Uh, basically they, they get these animals. They've, they have a relationship with some puppy mills, a lot of, I mean, just a fact, not a diss or anything, but Amish breeders. Um, and this particular place was going to shut down. They're like, you have to take these dogs. So they put them, put them, you know, either take them or we're going to put them down. And so they put her on the page and she was the only one that hadn't been spoken for. And, you know, I think chows can be kind of, um, how do I say, kind of one person dogs. And so, you know, I think some people were concerned she might not have been friendly, but they didn't say she was okay with other dogs. So we got May. And, uh, Carrie, you want to take it from there? <laughs> yeah. She, she went to canine classics for a little while. Um, and so was I picked her up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's canine I, classics? I picked her up and sorry, what is um, that just a, a place in, a place in, a place in Bloomington that, um, grooms dogs and boards dogs and they help us out once in a while. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, um, then I picked her up from there. And, um, so she happened, we didn't know, um, and she happened to be pregnant. Mm. And so you have a dog that is scared to death that you cannot touch and now is pregnant. So, um, that was a very interesting situation. Um, so, (laughs) so, um, I've never experienced a chow before. And as Lisa said, um, some people are, um, timid of chows because they're one person dogs. And so then I started looking some stuff up, trying to figure out about the breed and, um, what to expect. And, um, May actually, um, she had, uh, four beautiful, um, she was white. Um, she had four beautiful black babies, pure black. Um, <laughs> and they were purebreds. <laughs> yeah, they're pure, they're purebreds are the beautiful, the, the most beautiful puppy I've probably ever had. They look like little baby teddy bears. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just the cutest little thing. I mean, I just to sit there and look at them as they grew up and to see this little fluffy teddy bear that you're holding, it was yeah. just the cutest thing. But May, Real. May transition to, yeah. yep. Yep. May, may transition to a dog that you couldn't even touch. So I could pick her up. I could carry her downstairs because before she wouldn't go up and down the steps. And then all of a sudden I saw her running up and down the steps one day. And I'm like, um, I thought you couldn't go up and down the steps. So I was carrying her up and down every night <laughs> so she could be with me with the puppies so I could watch them. And so then she was going up and down the steps by herself. And, um, then I was able to put her leash on and, um, kind of be in the house, but she wasn't a dog that anybody could take. It would have to be somebody that had experience that kind of was very patient. Um, that wasn't going to be overwhelming to the dog, um, kind of let them do their thing. Um, we got lucky enough that, um, so this is a, another example. It's not just Illinois that we adopt out to the people that adopted, um, may were actually from Wisconsin. Um, talk to them. They seemed like they'd be the perfect home. They had chow experience. Um, and they actually drove down from Wisconsin and adopted May and they've named her Pixie and I get updates and she is doing absolutely wonderful with them. Um, they've had a few challenges, you know, where she's scared or this or that, 
but they can walk her on a leash. They take her out to places. The vet loves her there. Um, and so that's a dog that who knows what would have happened if Pet Central Helps wouldn't have stepped in because nobody else oh, was yeah. really interested in taking it. It took a while. And I do want to add that, yeah, the majority of our adoptions happen in central Illinois. But if there isn't a suitable home, of course, we're going to look farther. And this lady had a lot of experience with Chow's and Carrie, you know, spoke with her. And so that's why she went there, because it was it was just the best place for her. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Tyson, the one that you're probably talking about is Sugar, who is also at my house. So she is um, a beautiful dog. She's white and fluffy, too. Um, couldn't touch her. Um, so I'll just sit with her. I'll just sit with her and I'll hang out with her. And whether I'm playing on my phone or just listening to music, I'll sit out there with her. And then I'll just, you know, kind of give her a treat. And then I'll just edge closer and I'll just put my hand on her paw. And I'll just give her time. So it's one of those things that some some of the dogs you just can't force yourself on. You just have to hang out with them and work with them and show them that you're not going to hurt, hurt them and that they're going to get love. Um, Sugar was sadly um, from a hoarding situation of over 40 dogs. Mm. And so she's probably mm. never been touched in her entire life. So she mm. doesn't even know what that means. But she likes other so, dogs. That's a yes. That's a <laughs> yes. So she was scared when she got to my house, but um, I own five dogs currently. And um, I live out in the country and she was scared to death. And now she loves playing with my dogs. She'll, she'll go in there with them and they'll give each other kisses and wag each other's, you know, wag their tails. And so, yeah, so she's, she really shines with my dogs and she kind of copies them kind of what they do. She'll do. And it probably comforts her because she came from that kind of hoarding situation. Um, so she's, she is looking for a home. Um, it's going to take a special home to get her, um, but I'm sure we'll find her one. Yeah. 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 We've had a lot of them like that. And, you know, there are people out there willing to, to do the work. Yeah. Well, it's very rewarding to see them improve. Um, one, one experience I had was two little kittens and I, I believe their mother had um, like rejected them. Wasn't, wasn't willing to nurse them. And so they were less than a pound when I got them. I think they were like a quarter of a pound at most. They were just like these little bags of bones and they couldn't even really like eat food. And so I, I figured I'm, I was in my office here. I work from home right now for at state farm. And so I just kind of set up, I set them up in here and would just kind of like hold them in the palm of my hand and give them some food and weigh them every now and then. And over the course of a couple of weeks, they were, um, they got up over two pounds, I think, where I think yeah. two pounds is where they could be neutered. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they have two pounds, but they have to be healthy two pounds too. Some, some yeah. animals when they get to two pounds, they're not ready, but most of them are. Yeah. yeah. So by the end, when they got adopted, they were, I couldn't have them in my office anymore because they were jumping all around. They'd jump on my shoulder and on my keyboard and I'd be trying to have a phone call. They'd be meowing and knocking my pens off and stuff. And so <laughs> this, these little, like, you know, barely alive, barely there things, you can bring them back to where they're, they're, you know, full kittens. And we, I just saw a picture of them the other day. I was looking through 2020 pictures and saw these little fluffy cats and I was like, Oh, it's so fun to have them and to know that they got them to a good home. And I just, these situations yeah, to me stand out because it's a place where if they were in a, if they were in a kennel, you just can't give that kind of care. Right. Like it's just not going to 
sign well, and there's out. high risk for cats when they're stressed. I mean, and they stress easy and a shelter is a stressful place. And so they're more likely to get sick, res- upper respiratory problems and things like that. So again, mm-hmm. it's another situation, like you said, where a foster home is, is better all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyson, that's another good thing to bring up. Um, we do also have, so we have the page for anybody that's wanting to help um, foster that only the fosters have, but then we also have an alumni page. So the nice thing about the alumni page is um, those folks that have adopted get to join that page. And then the fosters can see possibly, you know, if not everybody joins, but a lot of people join and we can actually keep in touch that way and see the dogs or the cats that we've fostered kind of grow up as they're out there. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very rewarding to see those dogs that, I mean, even um, Buddy, I had a dog named Buddy that they were going to euthanize and because he didn't like men and they, they were going to put him down. I ended up getting him because he reminded me of a dog that I had. And that dog was the sweetest dog and it's adopted and doing wonderful. So, um, it's just, it's very rewarding. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, it's something that I hear from people. I have three children, three young kids, six, eight, and 10. And, um, I hear from people worried about, emotionally how it is to have a a foster animal and then to have them adopted. Um, I was a little bit concerned about that and you know, kids differ, right? Some of them might not be able to handle it, but um, I've been surprised about how nice it has been for my children. It's kind of taught them about, you know, caring and then letting things go when it's the right time. And I think it's helped them grow a lot. And that alumni page is great because then they can see sometimes like, Oh, there's, there's Zuko. Look how he's doing. There's Periwinkle. Oh, he's got a, you know, he's got like a nice family now and seeing that they're in good homes now is very rewarding. And, um, we've also had some friends, some families adopt ones that we fostered. And so then we can still have play dates with our dog they can go and, um, you know, meet up again and, <laughs> and play around. And so it's, uh, If anyone's hesitant for that reason, again, you know your kids, right? But I wouldn't reject it out of hand because of that, because it's been um, it's been a good growing experience, good responsibility and emotional growth for my kids. I would say. Uh, Yeah. uh, Go ahead. I would say you know a couple of points there. Yes, what I've the feedback I've heard is it it really, um, I mean I think it, it brings a sense of community and the idea that you can they can as children do something to help their community I think sometimes kids see negative things and it's it causes anxiety and when they can really do something to help I think it most kids it it makes them feel better is what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. Um, so you know it's kind of a (laughs) win-win When I was uh, in November, whenever the election happened and all that, uh, you know, that ugliness in the news and that, you know, it's continued on. I just, I just was over it on social media. I was like, I, I don't know why I'm letting all this negativity into my house. And so I pretty much hid everything except for Pet Central help stuff. And so every time I got on Facebook, I just saw pictures of like, 
cute animals and people being happy that they adopted animals. And I was like, this is, I needed like a month of that just to like kind of cleanse myself. Like there is good stuff going on in the world, right? There's like happy people getting pets and um, it's just like a ray of light, you know, and, and you tend to just hear about the bad stuff, but there's all these little people doing nice things and making other people happy. So yeah. And, and there's the two sides. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, there's those folks that can't afford to have an animal themselves, but the the kids, they benefit from experiencing having, you know, a dog or a cat. And so by fostering, though they can't afford it themselves, they can come, you know, and help foster and they don't have to worry about any of that, but then their children can enjoy it. And the, it is hard sometimes for some of the kids to see the animal go, but that just means you sign up to help another animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it's very rewarding. So like you guys said, it's one of those things that, I mean, with everything in the world today, it's one of those things that really brighten you and yeah. make you realize that there are good things in the world. Yeah, overall, I think it's a positive thing. I don't want to make it sound like it's perfect. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, every animal that we get in, I mean, you know, we have had animals pass away um, because they couldn't be helped. But overall, and that's what we try to focus on is our victories, not not sadness, you know. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, we don't allow any negativity in, you know, on the pages or within the shelter. It's just, you know, like you said, life's hard enough. We don't, we don't need that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say to me, the biggest negative is just, um, clean up, especially if you got puppies, there's going to be pee. Um, (laughs) you just have to be okay with that. And so we just know, like, (laughs) I just, I just know now every, every dog we've, fostered has like had to get used to the new environment so there's going to be some spots you clean it up you move on with your life and then you know what if it's driving you nuts just hold on for a week and then the, the pet will be adopted and then you can you know have your nice clean house again um so yeah. that's <laughs> it's not all it's not all rainbows and sunshine but you know ha- t- putting up with a few spots here and there and if you can do all that good to me it, it comes out it's a no-brainer but pads and and cleaner too that we can provide so (laughs) there was one time we did four puppies at the same time and that was way too much (laughs) i will say that we were over capacity at that point but man um as my youngest son put it he's like now everyone has a dog (laughs) so that was fun (laughs) and we have some fosters that'll have 10 puppies but they'll you know they usually have a special place that they've built you know, an area or something like that. But yeah, you can get, you can only get in as far as you let yourself get in. Right. So we're okay with that. (laughs) The other thing I tell people is if you're not sure if you want a pet, this is a great way to see if you really want to have a pet. Cause this is how we ended up with our dog. The the one that we own, we fostered from pet central helps. And um, my son for his fourth birthday is like, all he wanted was a dog. And I was like, I've only, I had never owned a dog before and I'd only had experience with poorly trained dogs. And so I was like, why would you want these stinky, messy, barking, like angry things in your house? I have no idea why anyone owns a dog. It doesn't make any sense to me. I had like 13 reasons I wrote down about why I didn't want a dog. And so then my wife was like, okay, like 
let's just foster one so you can just see what it's like. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then we got Olive and I start scratching things off the list. Like, well, she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. And like, this is actually really nice. And then I was like, yeah, I think we could actually be dog people. And now I'm really, really <laughs> into dogs and I love dogs, but without fostering, I, I never would have agreed to to bring one in just because I hadn't had that experience before. Um, so I, that would be another thing I tell people if they're thinking about fostering is like, or if they're thinking about adopting an animal, foster one first just to try it out. Cause then if it's not working, then you're not like stuck with an animal. Right. So, yeah. Um, on kind of the, I guess to go a little bit more on the negative side of things, you talked about breeders a little bit. wondered if we could just discuss that a smidge. Um, like, how do you feel like on a philosophical level about breeding dogs? Like, do you see that there's a role in it? Can it be done well? And it's just sometimes not or anything on that topic? Personally, I want to tell you, I mean, I won't bore you with the details, but throughout my life, like I had only ever had the Dalmatians. That's what we had when I was a kid. My grandmother on the farm had them. And I never had a negative experience. A lot of people would say, oh, they're hyper, whatever. Well, you know, they're bred to run 25 miles a day. But when I was an adult, I got interested in showing. And I did show dogs um, years ago. I mean, this might give away how old I am, but I even uh, managed one of the local pet stores after I got out of college. Um, so anyway, my point is, you know, I went through all that and it was it was interesting Um, but I just, my experience, I mean, it was fun and it's competitive. Um, how do I say this without, I don't, I don't want to get into why I left. I just, um, so, so there are responsible breeders, responsible breeders can be one of your biggest allies in rescue. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they will, um, they will, will take like your Doberman breeder. Oh, okay. They'll say to the foster coordinator, you know, I, I only want dobes. And that's a huge help because, you know, they may have had 20 years experience with dobes. Um, so there are, you know, just like there are different kinds of people. There are different kinds of breeders. So yeah, I don't want to say all breeders are bad, but. Um, but clearly if people are just in it for, there will be those breeders who are trying to make a buck and when things aren't working out, then, you know, they've, they've got quote unquote excess stock. Right. And so that's when there's so many other puppies like (laughs) we have around in these places. um, It's really a complex, like you see on the internet and people, it it gets like oversimplified. I think there are Mm -hmm. a lot of gray areas because I'm going to tell you right now, you know, if you want a low shed, small dog puppy, um, because things have improved so much in the last 15 or 20 years, you know, you might have to wait a while to find one of those in rescue, but you can go out and buy one. Mm -hmm. Um, But if unfortunately there are, you know, thousands upon thousands of pit bulls in shelters because, you know, they got popular, the wrong kind of. I mean, just going to say it, the wrong kind of people got them or they were uneducated and don't spay and neuter. They tend to have large litters. They tend to be hardy. Um, So, you know, there's 
a lot of pit bulls in shelters. So I don't think, and I've had pits. They're one of my favorite breeds, but I'm not sure very many people need to be breeding those Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's a national, it's a national outrage. How many thousands of pits are killed every year that are perfectly fine dogs, but you know, they're big dogs and they grow up and they need a lot of attention and they're not for everybody. Yeah. Would that, would that, would it be fair to say that if, if you have a specific need that could be met by a purebred dog, if you're just looking for a companion for your house, there's probably a rescue dog that would meet that. Right. Like if you're looking for a service dog, you might want to get a golden retriever. Right. If you're looking for a guard dog. With with that, we've had some of our dogs go be good citizens and go through programs and are those service dogs. So I don't want you to think that our dogs can't be service dogs because we have dogs that have been adopted through us that are service dogs. Good point. Yeah. So maybe like, I mean, there's no harm in reaching out, right? If somebody has a specific need, they can get in touch with Pet Central and you guys could try to help them see if there's something that might, um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, I even, I had just an anecdote, you know, a few years back, I had somebody come in and say, Oh, we really want to rescue a dog, but we've got our heart set on bull terrier, which I don't know if you know, that's like a Spuds McKenzie dog, you know? Um, but we want a puppy. And I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever seen a bull terrier puppy in a shelter, you know, not two weeks later, somebody came in and had a bull terrier puppy that, you know, they had to get rid of. Um, so we did find a bull terrier puppy for these people. So, uh, you know, yeah, if you're wanting a companion for your home, I would definitely recommend, especially with the internet these days, if you're willing to drive, you can probably find whatever breed you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have most of the things that were on my mind. I just have one more question. The name, um, can you give me the background of how you selected the the name Pet Central Helps? Um, so the, the largest and I would say most successful no-kill shelter in the country is called Austin Pets Alive. Okay. And, um, you know, our ultimate goal is kind of to be like Austin Pets Alive. I mean, that's a huge city, but they were putting down thousands of dogs a year. And by putting in place foster programs is a huge one for them and other, other things like, uh, they, you know, treat parvo dogs, treat dogs with distemper. Distemper is a big problem down there. Um, just getting the whole city on board, um, with programs to help not just the animals, but people, keep their animals. So I kind of modeled it on that. I mean, there's a lot more that we want to do. Um, that's why we got the building because we, you do need a place to operate out of and not every animal is ready right away to go to into a foster home. I do mm-hmm. want to say that. Um, so is the central for central Illinois? Yeah. And so we'd like to be that and we'd like to be a centralized place eventually where people can get, you know, all of their needs met i'd like to have a public you know that clinic things like that yeah yeah that makes sense okay cool um 
Yeah, I I saw that uh, there were some people, there were a lot of people involved in setting up that new facility. You mentioned it's over at the Crossroads Center. For people who don't know where that is, it's out on the west side of town, um, kind of over by the there's a movie theater out there. There's Walmart in that area, Farm and Fleet, kind of over in that kind of general area of town. Um, also, a lot of people were helping build that out, right? Like the Palmers and, or sorry, local carpenters were helping they out. Yeah. So we had, you know, a lot of local people like that. And of course, Youth Build um, had some of their students in there before the pandemic hit. Um, so that kind of slowed us down with the pandemic and everything. Um, but we we're in there now. We've got the basics done. I mean, we don't have it all decorated. We don't have all of the enclosures and that we need yet. So there's, there's still stuff to do, but you know, I'm happy that we're able to operate out of there now. And hopefully Mm -hmm. when this pandemic's over, we can have a lot more volunteers in to help out. It's kind of, yeah, yeah, typically (laughs) we have, um, typically have adoption events at, um, PetSmart, right. On empire. Um, are those still going on in the pandemic? We've really had to make a lot of changes like a lot of businesses have due to the pandemic. So we used to, you know, all the animals had to be there every weekend, but you know, it was kind of a mob scene. It was kind of cool because Carrie, Wright. I mean, there'd be so many people that would come every week just to see our animals, but they would, they would come, they would bring their kids just to hold the animals. Some of them were looking, were actually looking for an animal They were trying to find the best fit of which one they wanted. But yeah, we we would have a ton of people waiting for us to even set up. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately at first, you know, um, PetSmart corporate, I mean, they're trying to, you know, be safe. And so they had to discontinue those for a while. But during, in the meantime, you know, we've set up things so that people can adopt online. They can sign everything through DocuSign. Um, You know, they can talk to the foster parents if they need to. And we also changed our guarantee and the way we do things. So um, every adopter has two weeks. So it's basically like you can, it's almost like you're fostering for two weeks. Yeah, they've officially adopted the animal, but they have two weeks to, then they can bring back the animal in two weeks or in two days if they want to and and get their money back minus a small administrative fee. But um, it's worked out really well. I mean, I'd say the vast majority of people really like it. So now we're able to go back to PetSmart, but we've only been doing adoptions out of there with people that are comfortable coming in and picking up their animal or curbside. Um, We don't bring all the animals. It's just too risky with COVID, yeah, but too, too packed in there. Yep. But we do still go that. there because PetSmart likes, you know, they give a nice coupon book and um, they also work with rescues and we do get a certain amount of um, credit for those adoptions. So mm-hmm. it works out as just, a, it's just different now. Like yeah. everything else. So yeah, there's, People go to your page, petcentralhelps.org. He's got events listed there. So as things start to, you know, fingers crossed, I'm hoping in the summer things start opening back up again or spring, be some events out there. But you can also see where all of the available pets are to adopt. And then, um, of course, my favorite one, if you scroll down, you can view all the adopted pets. So you can just see hundreds of pictures of happy families and happy uh, animals getting adopted. Um, I really like seeing the little kids hugging the kittens. Those are, those are very fun. Um, 
And also uh, donations too. People can donate money or time uh, as this is eligible for Pet Central's el eligible for the um, for the State Farm um, Good Neighbor Grant. So if you donate forty hours, you can um, you can get uh, you can give that for State Farm really employees can do that. Out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's oh, several companies have that too. Yeah. Yeah. Really easy to log 40 hours, uh, <laughs> fostering a pet by the time driving back and forth and all that kind of stuff too. So, um, yeah. And a hundred for good. Um, anybody that's fostering since you said State Farm, we also have the hundred for good challenge. So, um, that's an awesome way to get some, um, good acts if you're fostering. Yep. Sure. Um, all right. Is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on or mention as final thoughts as we're wrapping up here? No, just if you're even considering it, um, fill out an application and I will give you a call. Um, would love to even just chat with you to see if fosterings something that you're enjoy you would enjoy that your family would enjoy. Um, single, married, divorced, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're thinking about it, um, and it might be a good time now to do it. It might not be a good time in a year to do it. You don't, it's not a commitment for life. It's something that we can set you up with. And then, you know, you can, we've had people that have decided they wanted to foster and foster fortunes. They've adopted their first <laughs> dog, their first cat. And that, yeah. We've had people who had no intention on adopting and poof, there they are, you know? So um, yeah, just, go to the website and check us out. And I would love to talk to anybody that's interested in fostering. Awesome. Yeah. Like she said, it's a, what we do too is it's not, I mean, yeah, we say application, but it's more of just a con just even our adopting an animal isn't really an application. It's more conversational. We just want to talk to you, you know, we're not here to judge or, you know, have, silly rules like you must have a three-foot fence i mean we're we're here to try to match the animal up with your lifestyle so that's yeah. important to remember don't be um intimidated by an quote-unquote application because that's not technically what it is we just we just yeah. want to talk to you like carrie said you're not running a, a background check and a credit check on people to <laughs> oh, and that's, that's a little controversial it is because some places do Mm -hmm. um, but again, the data shows that that isn't, it isn't any more effective. Most people want to do the right thing. And if you're there to help them out, if they get in a jam, you know, the vast majority of people, um, are, are great. Yeah. So, yeah. well, cool. Well, I, um, I pride myself. I feel like our house is really, uh, stress testing several things about a dog in particular because we've got a very active dog we've got a cat who doesn't really like anybody um <laughs> we've got three really rambunctious kids we've got stairs we've got in a backyard they can run around and so i i pride myself on being able to give a very good appraisal of <laughs> if a dog has any sort of um you know uh I put it this way. If, if you can get through a fostering situation with us, I think that the dog will be good in pretty much any situation. So, <laughs> uh, they've been stress tested. So we are not taking those timid ones in here. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, well, thanks a lot for, uh, for talking to me today, Carrie and Lisa. I appreciate it. I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes. I'll put um, the address of um, 
the the web address, Facebook page, physical address. Um, also link to that book, Redemption, that you talked about, Lisa, in case anyone wants to read up on that. So um, appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And thank you for fostering, Tyson, you yeah. and your family. We greatly um, enjoy having you. So you're welcome. You. I think we're probably about due for another one. My kids have started to pester me a little bit. So maybe we'll you see. You know, what's I like there. to hear that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yep. And just one more thank you to Bloom's Coffee Bar. Uh, we will share my, uh, my favorite drink of them. It sounds boring, but it's so good. You just get. I get three shots of espresso. Just ask for a little bit of, of hot cream with that. They they just really know their stuff over there. Um, the quality of the coffee is just so high. You don't need all the sugar and everything to go with your espresso. You can just drink that espresso, and it tastes delicious. But for those of you who like the sugary drinks, they have a wide range, too. Um, my wife really likes their white caramel mocha and also the twilight which is mocha with some hazelnut in there too so stop by blooms and see what they have going on all right and we are done